Good morning, and welcome back to Word, here and there, Inspirational Plus. How is everybody this Sunday morning? A healthy outlook. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Proverbs 17, verse 22. Have you ever known someone who seems to have a perpetual black cloud floating above them? Someone who generally sees a glass as half empty instead of half full? Such people aren't much fun to be around, are they? When a person gets into a negative cycle, it's very hard to get out of it. They begin to see the bad in every situation and can't find much to give them hope. Negativity breeds negativity. Make the effort to find one thing to be happy or thankful about each day. In this way, you will, day by day, climb the staircase that leads away from a crushed spirit. Rediscovering joy and thankfulness will renew your spirit and give you a healthier outlook on all of life. I have been in San Diego for a week and three days. I'm finding it to be very exciting so far. I've met some wonderful people. And to show you how small the world is, even though this is so many thousands of miles away from New York, I came across at a dinner with some friends yesterday, very nice people. A man was from Clifton Park, New York, which is only 30 minutes from where I live in Albany, New York, which makes it seem that the world is pretty small. And guess what? I also saw a squirrel with a rat's tail. First time I've ever seen that since all the squirrels I've ever seen had bushy tails. Anyway, so far, so good. I will keep you posted on that. Today's story is Lord Knows. In a way, my grandmother Victoria knew me better than myself. She recalls when I was around seven years old and wanted to be a pastor, a lifelong Pentecostal. My grandmother fully supported this career move. She even bought me a tiny blue suit so I could look good while reciting Bible verses in the living room. We called it my pastor suit. I loved and honored my grandma. I couldn't imagine disappointing her. When I came out at 16, the one person I knew I'd never tell was my grandmother. One, because she couldn't handle it, and two, because I couldn't handle losing her. Victoria's righteous passion was well known throughout Palmer, a small town in Alaska. We never quite knew what would stir her rage. Someone once asked why she kept playing the tambourine doing slow songs at church, and she refused to look at the person again. When friends angered her, she cut them off. It didn't matter if the friendship had lasted 10 or 20 years. I learned about these breakups through casual conversation, usually long after the rupture. Grandma, I'd ask her, how's Philip doing these days? Lord knows, she'd state. This was code that their relationship was over, and so was the conversation. During my first year of college, I knew I had to tell my grandmother. We couldn't have a real relationship unless she knew about me being gay and how instrumental it was in shaping me. Spring was starting, and I was walking around the campus green, thinking of ways to tell her. I took a rest beneath a large oak tree. I thought of calling her landline on the mountain, but my heart started racing, and I felt like throwing up. If I couldn't think of the phone conversation without feeling dizzy, how would I act when it was time for me to tell her in real time? It hit me all at once that I'd sent her a letter. My grandma was a prolific letter writer. 
In my first semester of college, she had already always sent me seven letters. She preferred bulky, wide-ruled legal paper. She'd only write on one side of the paper, and always with a red pen. She would fold the pages at least three times, shove the thick wad into an envelope, and seal it up with tape. I enjoyed these letters, although I didn't finish all of them. Her kerchief was wildly ornate. It took her a long time to write like this, and by page three she had got impatient, and the words looped together in a blur I couldn't read. It didn't matter. I already knew her great themes, love of God, family, and being good to your teachers. She supported each theme with a new Bible verse. I tore out three pages from her journal and started to write. On the first page, I told her about the motivated kids I was meeting and all the smart professors. On the second page, I said I loved her and I was grateful for her help in raising me. And on the final page, I wrote, It's because I love you that I feel the need to tell you I am gay. I've known this for a long time, and I want to tell you because I want to be honest and have no lies between us. I hope this doesn't change anything between us. I tried to make everything light, again by mentioning the spring weather and upcoming tennis tryouts. Then I folded the three pages like she did three times and squashed the pages into the back of my journal and walked to my next class. I couldn't think clearly the next two days. I imagined Victoria sending me to a con- con- conversion camp. She might back. She might write back with the Bible verse that supposedly hated gay people, or knowing my preference for science. She might send me magazine clippings saying homosexuality made no revolutionary sense. The most probable reaction was also the worst. She would refuse to speak with me. When people asked how I was doing. She'd stately, dryly, Lord knows. Eventually, I dropped the letter into a mailbox right outside my dorm. It was early in the morning, and with nothing else in the mailbox, I heard the letter hit the metal floor. For a brief moment, I wanted the letter back, but then I decided I would rather have true rejection than false acceptance. A few weeks later, I received a brown, flat envelope from Victoria. I weighed the package in my palm. It was light. The envelope had her familiar red script. It couldn't be a bomb, I thought, and I'm pretty sure they still scan for anthrax, right? I walked around the campus green again and sat beneath the oak tree where I had written the letter. My heart was pounding. I ripped off the top binding like a band-aid. I tilted out the contents. My heart sank. It was filled with photos. There I was on my fifth birthday with a bunch of cake on my face, smiling like crazy. There I was hitting a forehand at 16. There I was playing the trombone at 13. There were two dozen pictures with no explanation. She no longer wanted to remember me. This was the first of the series of Lord knows statements regarding me. I stuck my hand in the envelope again. My fingertip brushed a scrap of paper. I pulled it out. It was the size of a fortune cookie scroll. In real court letters it read, Yo te amo mucho. Mucho. I love you very, very much. I laughed. Under the oak tree, I flipped through more pictures. She saw me in each moment, spelling bees, band concerts, tennis tournaments. I shuffled them and felt her say, I love you in this moment, and this moment, and this moment, and I love you now. Tears swelled in my eyes. 
I had expected her to choose politics or religion, to find any reason to justify her disgust. But of all the things she could have said, she had chosen love. This is Carolyn with Word Here and There, Inspirational Plus. Take care of yourself.